the focus of the platform is to help you speed up your process from architecture to schematic, including component selection. So right now we're, you know, we're looking at numbers like a thousand X the speed for, for some of this more routine parts of routine design parts of your process. But that's one part. The second part is developing better circuits by optimizing your design for function, power, cost, performance, size, and all of these different things. So that optimization is key. The third part is reducing respins from schematic errors by performing advanced automated verification checks. And then the fourth part is reducing respins from availability issues by automating design for availability. So the product itself takes you from architecture to schematic in 60 seconds. So how does it work? Hi everyone, it's Judy Warner. Welcome back to this week's Ecosystem Podcast. Boy, do I have a gem for you today, which is Tomidi Adesani of Circuit Mind. He is the co-founder of this new startup out of the UK, and he's going to talk about his journey from being a systems engineer at BAE Systems to becoming an entrepreneur and creating a software platform that will help take you from architecture to schematic in about 60 seconds. He's used all that experience as a systems engineer, plus his partner's deep experience in algorithm design to create an amazing tool. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. And if you do, please remember to like, subscribe, and become part of our community. I'd really appreciate that. And it helps me bring you more incredible guests like Tumidi. Now let's jump into our conversation. Hi, Tomide. So good to talk to you across the pond. Um, appreciate you joining us. Why don't you take a moment and share your um, professional background and tell us a little bit about Circuit Mind. Thanks a lot for having me, Judy. So I'm Tomide. Uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Circuit Mind. Before Circuit Mind, I was an electronic systems engineer. So I used to build helmet-mounted display systems and heads-up display systems for jet fighter pilots at a company called BAE Systems. It's in the aerospace and defense industry. Um, so I left BE Systems about five years ago right now because I got tired of reading data sheets. Um, <laughs> but, but, but more interestingly, you know, on one of my projects, it took us four years and tens of millions of dollars to launch a new product. Um, and electronics development was the critical path. So on that project, I looked back and thought that we spent so much time on routine, tedious tasks that didn't really need my experience. And also I just didn't do the best job I, I, I could do on the more innovative and creative and experience led parts of the design. So the reason why I left BAE was to find a solution to those problems. And that's, that's how I kind of started circuit line. Okay, so because you have been a systems engineer on some pretty complex electronics, and that design cycle sounds awful, but it's it's not uncommon. So what are those specific problems besides reading, getting sick of reading data sheets? What were the other problems that you didn't like that you saw that other um, circuit designers had? Um, what more specifically besides data sheets? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, can, I can kind of try to elaborate on this. So there's this cliche um, everyone has heard the phrase hardware is hard before. Um, yeah. and that's, that's kind of because 
when the world or business people or decision makers or consumers are looking in at what does it need, what do we need to get from an idea to um, a product, a hardware product, they consistently get met with the answer, this is a slow, risky journey to go from that idea to a product-ready kind of product. So the main top-level problems here are that the process is slow, the outcomes aren't optimized, so engineers don't have the tools or time to kind of optimize the design to get the best potential result, and it's very risky. You know, I've never seen a design completed right first time. So all of these are kind of top-level generic problems. Every single one of us know them. But the way I parsed it out for myself is I, I focused on two main root causes of this okay. problem. So the first one is that there are... I kind of divide, divided the way I used to do design into three different um, kind of categories. There's the creative design, there's experience-based design, and there's routine design. So for creative design, this is invention. This is why everybody got into electronics. This is why, you know, we wanted to be Iron Man, right? And um, or Tony Stark telling a, a computer <laughs> to help them to do uh, or, or try to build something new in the world. Um, and so these are the sort of parts of your design that require deep thinking about physics. So creative design. There's experience-based design. This is the kind of old-fashioned how to take a design and make it robust and reply, uh, reliable for a specific application. Adding the right voltage protection circuit for an automotive application or tweaking the ESD surge protection on the design. That sort of thing. And then there's routine design. That's everything else. Choosing a microcontroller and ensuring you have the right interfaces or it connects to the right sensors, add the coupling, all of that sort of stuff. And so the first root cause of this of, of the issues in the design process is that we spend too much time on routine design um, and we don't spend enough time on experience-based design and creative design. So one of the aims behind what we're doing at CircuitMind is to automate a lot of those routine design tasks and processes and help people focus on creative design and experience-based design. So that was one of the problems. And then the second problem is related to data sheets, but it's a lot more than that. I, you know, I, you know, I was being a bit jocular when I talked about data sheets, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, the electronics design process to do a design, what you're really trying to do, if you think about it, is you're trying to meet and balance some key design concerns. You're trying to meet the functionality of your design, the power um, requirements, the performance requirements, size requirements, cost, availability, obsolescence compatibility of components together. So you're trying to figure out all of these things. And the way you're doing it is that you're wading through billions of data points scattered across numerous unstructured data sources, like data sheets, manufacturer websites, distributor websites, existing in-house libraries, previous designs you've done in the past, procurement databases within your company, and sometimes Excel spreadsheets. And Finding the right data points, then making an optimized component choice, uh, you know, optimized component choices and schematic design while not overlooking anything or making mistakes is very time consuming. And so this is what engineers have to fight with every single day. So 
<clears throat> one thing uh, I'll share with our audience. I did ahead of this, Tomiti was so kind and he showed me a quick demo. But I'll tell you the thing that really made my jaw drop was, and, and I'll have him talk about this later, is there's, um, um, you know, there's a drag and drop, really cool user interface, but then there's a slide bar, an intelligent slide bar for design trade-offs. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. And it's actually intelligently designed with some AI, but we'll get into that later. But what I hear you talking is about is trying to weigh out all the super complex trade-offs in a very analog way. And as we all know, data sheets are seldom right. And <laughs> <laughs> trying That's another to, problem. That's another well, problem. and uh, engineers talk about that all the time on the podcast. And so, um, you know, people talk about, well, let's not stand around and admire the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Let's figure out a solution. And the solution, I think, is complex. But we're going to dig into that a little bit more. So because of that complexity, tell us a little bit about your journey, your origin story of Circuit Might. Like, how did you meet your co-founder? And I and you can tell me a little bit, remind me about his background and how your two specialties together helped you think through how to solve these complex problems? Great question. Um, it was 2018. I just quit my job um, because of, you know, because I was on a hunt to solve some of these problems. Um, I had the skills in the sort of electronics design and systems design area. Um, and, but I didn't have the other half of the, of the, of the skill set, which was algorithm design, like deep, deep algorithm design. This is a very tough problem. And so, um, I met my co-founder on an accelerator called Entrepreneur First that brings together very smart people, um, uh, who are ambitious. I want to start a company and my co-founder had just finished his PhD in ETH Zurich, which is one of the best labs in the world for kind of electrical engineering. So he has mm -hmm. two masters. He actually has two masters and a PhD in algorithm design. And um, <laughs> one of the things that I had to pull him away from was he was evaluating these postdocs at Harvard and Berkeley. Um, and I said to him um, that we have, you know, a, a, a tiny window to make a big difference. And we have complementary skills to do this. So what we did in the end was we worked together for a while, explored this problem together. Um, I was describing how to select components, how to read data sheets, what's important, um, what's not important. And he was just sketching out mathematical equations um, saying we could try to use this, you know, kind of algorithm and we could do this for that. And um, that's when we we started uh, we we started working together, and we talked to a few potential customers. They came on board as early adopters, and we started working with them to kind of flesh out our solution. So it was his background in algorithm design, my, my background in electronics design. That combination of backgrounds led to this sort of building algorithms for electronics design engineers. Well, to me, that really matches up. I try to just, at least from a high level, keep my fingers at the pulse of, of trends and movements in the industry. And everybody keeps talking about design workflow and how EDA tools are going to be part of that and how AI might be part of that as long as we get 
good data sources and we don't put junk in, you know, the, the engines. And so this makes perfect sense to me, but I also know it's hard to do. So um, for our listeners, why don't we just go right to some of the unique features and capabilities and how you've applied those algorithms to solve some of those complex problems. For our listeners, Tomedia is going to put up a slide here shortly. So if you're listening, he'll walk you through it. If you have a chance, go over to YouTube um, and you can watch the, the video version. So, okay, take it away, Tomedia. I can't wait to hear about more details of Circuit Mind. Thanks a lot, Judy. Um, so at CircuitMind, what we've tried to do is we've tried to focus on one part of the design process, and that is the front end of your design process. That's from the point where you get an idea to when you're done with your schematic and it's fully verified. But this does not include layout. And the reason why we were focusing there is because we believe that that's where you can get a lot of great optimization outcomes, where you can create a better product if you do that part of your process better. So the focus of the platform is to help you speed up your process from architecture to schematic, including component selection. So right now we're, you know, we're looking at numbers like a thousand X the speed for, for some of this more routine parts of routine design parts of your process. But that's one part. The second part is developing better circuits by optimizing your design for function, power, cost, performance, size, and all of these different things. So that optimization is key. The third part is reducing respins from schematic errors by performing advanced automated verification checks. And then the fourth part is reducing respins from availability issues by automating design for availability. So the product itself takes you from architecture to schematic in 60 seconds. So how does it work? Hello, my engineering friends. Thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. If you're enjoying it, will you do me a big favor and go like, subscribe, and join the ecosystem community? This will help me to go a long way to continue to bring you great podcasts like this one and more resources to help you grow your career. Thanks so much. Now let's get back to the podcast. The Circuit Mind platform sits along your current, uh, alongside your current CAD tools, eCAD tools, so you don't need to kind of um, change your process. It just slots in perfectly. Um, and you specify your requirements as a block diagram at a high level. So currently you're probably doing your block diagrams in Physio or PowerPoint or Word documents. All you need to do is instead of starting in PowerPoint or even on a piece of paper, start within the platform and use a drag and drop interface to create your block diagram. It's very straight and easy that you can specify low-level requirements on each of these blocks. Those lower-level requirements are intended to capture your design intent. So for instance, you can see on a memory block on your block diagram that I want this memory block, I want the memory size to be greater than or equal to 30 megabits. You can specify that. Or I want my accelerometer to be XYZ axis accelerometer. Or I want to specify the sensing range. Or you could even go as far as saying I want my microcontroller to be from ST Microelectronics. Or you can even specify, I want the specific part number, just do the rest of the schematic form. And then so you can specify that lower level detail that captures your design intent. And you can specify trade-offs like cost, size, power, availability. And this is, I think, what you were mm -hmm. talking about, Judy, earlier, where you have these sliders where you can say, I want 
optimized for cost or 20% optimized for power. Um, click up, and then after specifying all those trade-offs, you can click a button and the platform searches through at this point, quintillions of potential options. So quintillions is 10 to the power of 20, right? Um, and it selects components, checks compatibility, connects them together and generates a schematic for you, inclu including decoupling capacitors, level translators, pull-up resistors, pull-downs, crystals, regulators. And it does all of that in roughly between 30 seconds to 10 minutes. So, six, you know, 30 seconds to um, six, um, you know, 600 seconds. And the key to the platform, uh, you know, that one thing that we've learned a lot from our um, from our current customers is that it unlocks a new capability called solution exploration. The idea that you shouldn't just be generating one design option. You should generate five to 10 different design options optimized for different parameters like architectures, different architectures, cost, power, size, microcontroller, tool chains, performance, stock, availability, and then explore them against each other, iterate on them, and finally choose the design option you want to go forward with. So this is the power of, you know, using automation you with you as the architect and the controller and the decision maker to iterate and find the perfect design for your needs. What I love about that, and, and you try to articulate it, and maybe you can do that better now, was it you are still the driver as the the creative, inventive um, engineering mind. So I had said to you um, when we first talked, it's like human in the loop, but it's not. It's like AI in the loop serving the engineering human. mind. Exactly. And it I'm like, that is fantastic. So I thought of it like a, a, a tool chest or a kid's sandbox, like, oh, I'm going to try this, this, and this. And it is really fast. And then you can compare. And really, I was so impressed. So yeah um absolutely i think um you 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 articulated perfectly there judy there's this concept of ai in the loop um and it's a very powerful concept because it's ai is learning from humans to do something um later on mm -hmm. and improve their processes in this particular case it is these tools, these algorithms, including some parts that are done with AI, not all of it, um, these algorithms actually serving within your loop, your loop yes. in your design process. Yeah. So what this, what this platform enables you to become is now an architect, mm -hmm. um, a verifier, a solution explorer. And of course, there's still some parts that it's not going to be able to do for you. It's not going to be doing the most creative parts of your design process. This is focused on routine design. Right. If you're doing a new waveform generator, it's not going to be able to do that for you quite yet. Right. If you're doing things that are more complex, that's where your creativity is needed. If you need to get to be to automotive qualification, it will and you need to add some more parts of your circuit to get it to be reliable, you need to do that yourself. But this platform can help you get answers and get to a schematic on, let's say, majority of your design process very, very quickly. And that's right. kind of one of the things that I, um, I'm, like, I, I use the platform every single day and I'm grateful for. I don't really need to go and open data sheets anymore, but I can get right. very, very quick answers. 
Right. And that is part of engineering, of course, to do some of that. But it sounds like you've taken a lot of that pain out of it, which I yeah. think is very exciting. So you mentioned that early on you sort of had, um, you know, beta users and, and partners that were giving you real world, world feedback. But these just weren't, you know, software engineers. These were people making products. So... Tell us a little bit about that and, and how you really proved out. I mean, you're using it, you're an engineer, but how did you run sort of your beta and how you developed this? And then what was the kind of feedback you got? That's a great question. So um, we knew from day one that we're building software for professional engineers mm -hmm. who develop products that go out to thousands of people. So mm -hmm. like you said, from day one, we needed to develop this to meet the standards that they expect. Um, and so what we started to do in our, in our early days was we started building, we started by being a design consultancy. I um, and one of our, um, er, er, one of the early members of CircuitMind called Gary, who was, um, you know, he spent 20 years in the industry. He was also at BAE Systems building helmet mounted displays, heads up displays. It was a leader on many of these projects, we take on design jobs and we put it into the platform and say, um, to, into the early platform and see what the output was and say, can we actually use this in our project, in this mm. project? And until it got to the point where the answer was yes, we didn't let anybody mm. else touch the platform. And then once it got to the point where we, where, where, you know, uh, the answer to that question was yes, we then started, um, onboarding, uh, real engineers, um, uh, sorry, um, external engineers onto the product to test and give us feedback. And we wanted them to use this on uh, real world projects. And so we had some of our early kind of success stories from some of those beta testers that iterated with us. I think the key in that, um, kind of beta testing part of our of our journey was making it usable because when we were using the platform as a consultancy we you know we didn't really care about the user experience but when mm. we put it out to other people they were like oh my god this is this is painful <laughs> but we worked through that and right now i think the user experience is one of the things that i'm proudest of in the platform and so we moved on from beta testers to trials with companies um you know paying customers over the years and just we're just iterating step by step and then we've gotten past the part uh part the part of our journey where you know someone that's used the platform on their own has taken a product to prototyping and um and, and early production so um now we're kind of beyond the point of you know just validation of the of the of the outputs of the of the platform and it's now more about the bigger value that it creates for our customers so i heard you say then you have paying customers like you've gone through all your proof of concept you fixed your um your ui and your ux and and so um what has been the feedback and is there one maybe really memorable story where you felt like aha we got it yeah. So the feedback, I think in general, so right now we're, like you say, we're serving customers in industrial electronics, design services and EMS, um, consumer electronics. We're serving companies in, um, you know, 
small startups in like the sort of carbon monitoring space and more. And, and we're kind of growing um, across, across many different kind of industries. And I think the biggest, the, the feedback that stood out the most for, for me uh, that I'm really proud of is this new capability of solution exploration. So for instance, one of our customers, product development firm, they developed a smart air quality monitor for, for one of their customers. So this is mm-hmm. a company that does designs for others. Mm-hmm. They went from idea through trade-off um, or solution exploration to component selection and schematic design in our platform in about half an hour. They explored about five di- different designs um, and the best designs um, that they came up with were, um, were compared against the design that they had done manually and they saw 15% reduction in bomb cost. 22% longer battery life, 43% decrease in size, all parts, parts available. And the prototype that went out to the customer was done without any respins. I think that, that's unbelievable. That's well, That sounds like a unicorn in the, you know, that doesn't even sound real to have the, those kind of improvements. 100%. And I don't even want to sp- quote the time, you know, I, I, can, I can talk about, X thousand, um, you know, in speed, um, uh, uh, speed improvements. But I don't even want to talk about that because for me, the better design, you know, the the, the ability to do that the, that design and kind of balance these things a bit better, like the the battery life and cost and size of the design. I think that was that felt more powerful to me. Um, mm. But of course, the speed improvement is still good. You can accelerate time to market, but we we, we know that there's more and more in the pro- in the process. Well, the, I'm going to press you on that. Work. I'm yeah. going to press you on that because that was the first thing I wanted to ask you about, right? Because early on, you said you know BA might take four years. So I mean, with we're not going to hold your feet to the fire. <laughs> and I know every and I, everybody that's listening or watching, they know every electronics um, product is completely unique. But like for this customer, like how much faster, just that they didn't have to respin is miraculous, much less parts availability and all the things that you mentioned. So come on, tell us to media. Yeah, so we don't know the exact number because they just went forward with the design we were going and we, we didn't kind of have a benchmark. To go, okay. right? They weren't going. They weren't taking forward their manual process and also doing our process. They did I an see. initial bit that we could benchmark against, but they didn't do. But I would estimate it's around twenty percent um, because um, obviously there's other parts of your kind of hardware development process. You have mechanical, you have firmware development, um, so you still need to make sure that those things um, kind of are completed and go on they still take the the right. the but but the point is that anything where the electronics um process is the obstacle or was the critical path or you know created um uh, or sunk resources that mm-hmm. was eliminated and you could kind of shorten that time to market by let's say 20 percent. that's what i would estimate but the, you well, know, don't, you know, I, I don't. The answer is I don't know. Hundred. Yeah. No, I I get it, but I I think 
even if if even if you said the price was lower and you did one spin yeah. instead of three. Incredible. You know, and um, you know, and prototyping with physical hardware instead of sort of getting this virtual sandbox version of your circuit design schematic in that kind of speed is so are there other tools out there that i mean and you mentioned to me before that this obviously doesn't eliminate your eda tools it it helps you work better and more intelligent with your eda tools but are there other competitors out there or are you sort of in a blue ocean mode and trying to create something completely new um so we are yeah so so first of all exactly it works alongside your current ecad design process your ecad design process should just be focused on that creative bit and the places where you need to add your experience and also layout of course it doesn't do layout right um but in terms of competition there's not much competition out there there are a couple of companies that are um kind of working on what I would call new age um, development idea, you know, development tool ideas um, that some of them are helping with um, trying to automate layout and routing, which is an age-old problem. You know, I know engineers mm -hmm. hate auto-routers, but there are some companies yeah. that are kind of trying to do that. But there's, yeah. you know, only one or two companies out there that are, um, that are trying in the front end of the design space. Um, but everybody's just doing it very differently. Right. Um, and, and attacking it in, a ver in such right. a different way that we're not even, we're not, we're the, not even okay. speaking to the same customers or on the same path, I, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. it seems to me that one, your experience as a sort of high-end com complex, using complex systems engineering has done a lot to inform your choices. Um, where are you in regards to like a public launch? Like I accidentally found you online cause you presented somewhere and I tried to backtrack and find out where that was, but Miller. I feel like I found a gem and it's like, I haven't seen you guys sort of across the industry or news. I know you've done some trade shows. Like, where are you in that process? Um, that's a good question, and I'm sure my investors would echo that question. <laughs> hey, where are you? Um, so we're out there. We, um, you can go to our website. You can request access. We'll do a demo with you. We'll introduce you to the platform. You get you on the platform. We have, you know, real um, um, professional engineers and engineering teams on the platform today, and also directors and managers that reach out to us. But you're right in saying that we've not, um, we've not gone out, put adverts out there, and done like a big launch. Um, so we plan to do a, a proper public launch probably within the next three months. Okay. Um, but we've been we've been hyper focused on just being in the hands of engineers doing real products, and now that mm. we've done that repeatedly uh, we know what the process is we know what they like we know what they don't like then we can we can kind of scream and shout out more about you know what we're right. building and, and we plan that in the next three months or so yeah well i like it 
just because I know a lot of companies, particularly software companies, can get out ahead of their skis where mm -hmm. they're not done developing or, you know, it'll be it'll be done soon, but we're going to do a big splash. And I know my engineering buddies hate that, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it feels disingenuous. And you guys, you engineers, like, give me data or I'm not going to, like, they don't believe marketing people. So I love that you kind of did that. Although your investors may be a little frustrated, I think it'll pay <laughs> off probably. And so I think you're being measured is probably gonna serve you, but we shall see. Well, this has been a great conversation. I want to en encourage our listeners to go look at their website. There's some, they have a pretty cool website actually and you can see some of it and go check it out you your mind will be blown but more than that i'd go do a demo i mean i'm not an engineer i know enough to make me dangerous but i was absolutely mind blown on the capabilities and it really did turn i think when we did the demo tomato turned out i don't know four or five uh sort of digital twins of the same design while we were just talking so encourage you guys to do that um, to me, where else can people, uh, you mentioned to me earlier, you'd been at some trade shows and that you're getting ready for a public launch. Where can people sort of keep track of circuit mind and stay in touch with you? Yeah. So main place, go to our website, www.circuitmind.io. Um, on the website, you can either request access to the platform where we'll, you know, if you request access, we'll, we'll take you through a demo and then. Um, and then we can go through trials and get you on the platform. Um, or um, you can actually sign up to a newsletter. If you just want to keep track with us, oh, okay. you can sign up to a news newsletter. Or you can go to our LinkedIn page. Um, just search for Circuit Mind on LinkedIn. And we'll, we do regular posts on where we're going to be, what trade shows we're going to be at. Okay. Webinar. We do webinars as well. So if you sign up for the newsletter, we'll send you some information on webinars. But you'll also see webinars on our LinkedIn page. Okay, I'll I'll grab those links from you and I'll and I'll put them in our show notes. Well, Tamidi, thank you so much for your time. I know it's evening there in the UK, and really, I am authentically super excited about the work you've done. And just congratulations, and hopefully, we'll be able to meet in person, and I'll be able to get to see Circuit Mind, you know, at a trade show. But thanks again so much for for joining us and sharing with our audience the amazing work you're doing. Thank you very much as well, Judy, for having me. And thanks for kind of having these conversations with me, starting from a LinkedIn message. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, looking forward to having more conversations with you and your incredible community. Definitely. Well, to our listeners, I trust that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Make sure you go check out the show notes. I'll get all those links from Tomide. Until then, remember to always stay connected to the ecosystem. Oh, 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 oh,